This is the Shift Podcast. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Wow. Never thought I would see a coup, an attempted coup in my lifetime. Uh, That's really what this kind of looked like today. So the number of people that is estimated to have walked upon the U.S. Capitol today is estimated in the range of 40 to 45,000 people. 40 to 45,000 people. It's a staggering um, number of people. Clearly, this is going to be on the show. Uh, We are going to open up the phone lines for you. 877-399-9898. Let's get those calls going. Texts are great. Appreciate the texts always. But in this case, I'm going to ask you, look, let's get those calls going. And if you don't want to call, that's cool. But where do you want to go with this? Uh, Let's get talking about it happened, and then we'll decide where we go. We do have all kinds of things planned for the show. It's like, like filled with things. We have our normal show that we would have done had this not happened today. And then we have stuff about this that happened today. 877-399-9898. Once again, your calls, your texts, welcome here on the shift. Let's welcome in the fellas. We've got Matt MacArthur here. He's uh, ready to go with uh, his octopus arms with 4,000 things. And Ryan O'Donnell is uh, here as well. How's it going, Ryan? It's been a day, you know, uh, another day, uh, another day that I uh, get to watch a historical event unfold from my couch. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's never a dull uh, moment. I, I would like to describe, I, I sort of did with Jody there on the last show. There was this moment where we got together for our meeting and we started our meeting and uh, Sunshine Sparkle Pants is in our daytime meeting. And the three of us sort of sat there for a second. It was probably five minutes. We just didn't say anything. We just sat there with our mouths open watching on the TV what was happening. Yeah. Um, it was quite remarkable. I, uh, I got to tell you, I have mixed emotions about this today. I have mixed emotions about um, these things happening and the irresponsibility of it. I have mixed emotions about some of the news networkers seeming to capitalize on it. We've got other news networks that are completely avoiding responsibility and 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 everything else. Um, I spent most of my day watching Fox because I, I went to MSNBC and I, I bounced around all of our uh, Canadian news uh, network channels and then I... Uh, I, I checked CNN and then all these things. And and then I went back to Fox. I'm like, okay, well, what's Fox going to do? Um, but man, it was, uh, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> Frankly is what it was. I don't know how else you can describe it. So here's what we've what we're going to do is we're going to get started with the show. Um, well, first I'll tell you what's coming up. Some other things that, that we're planning on doing for the show tonight. We have our throwback Thursdays. So we're going to go back to one year in news history. Plus, we're going to do some commercial stuff and some music stuff and take a little flashback in time. I think that might be refreshing coming up here in a little bit. Plus, um, there's some great interviews that did happen across the network that we are going to play for you today that we want you to hear that affects all of this, but in Canada. And uh, we've got Blaine Kylo on the show. So we are going to talk technology. We're going to do all of these things. So do not worry, my friends. We will dig into all the stuff. But first, to start the show, um, let's get a reset on the news of the day and 
take a little look at how things went, how things started, and there's no better guy to help us do that than Reggie Cicchini. He's Global News Correspondent in Washington, D.C. He's had a very busy, busy day today, but he has settled now, albeit late. Uh, Reggie, how is everybody? Um, is everyone okay after today? Everyone's good. Everyone's tired. Everyone, um, ev- everyone, needs, everyone needs a day off. Yeah, I bet. Um, where were you when things started um, from your perspective of the day, Reggie? And th- then we'll get into the, the what happened. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, since the COVID crisis started, our bureau has shut down and we've all been working from home. But we figured, you know what, it's a it's a historic day in the United States with, uh, you know, a, a Congress preparing to certify the vote for uh, the president elect. Let's go down to the Capitol building. Uh, and we did that. Uh, and as we saw the crowds gathering uh, for President Trump's speech late in the morning, early in the afternoon, uh, there was an air of, of concern uh, in and around the district, given the fact that there's just been such heightened uh, kind of uh, law enforcement personnel over the last few days, especially with just Trump having called uh, this rally. Uh, and, and when we heard, when we were watching uh, this rally, Rudy Giuliani took the stage and at one point he said, trial by combat. And I kind of looked at the TV and I said, something's not going to go right here. And it wasn't, you know, more than a half hour later that we instantly saw these crowds moving towards uh, the Capitol building um, and essentially all hell broke loose. Hmm. So help us understand the timeline for, because not everybody stepped into how this really started today. Um, And from the reporting of being in DC, I mean, you have a a bit of a perspective because there was actually a schedule today of the things that happened. So can you help us understand why it started, where it went and uh, how it's ended up so far? I mean, look, there was a schedule for people that didn't even realize this. There's been a schedule out there for weeks for uh, the people who stormed the Capitol to to do what they did, uh, you know, even before President Trump called them to rally. So, I mean, this has been something that D.C. should have been prepared for for the last several weeks. Uh, The day actually started in Congress uh, with um, with with lawmakers gathering with the vice president leading a joint session of Congress to certify the vote. Pence had been pressured by Trump to overturn the results. He wasn't going to do that. He pushed back on Trump instantly with a uh, with a statement saying that he has a constitutional duty to not do what the president was asking of him. They got three states in. It immediately went into a debate because the Republicans that stood up to object to uh, Arizona's you know uh, state certification. And within 15 minutes of that debate starting, the 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 nonsense uh, of these mobs uh, and these riots taking place at the front door derailed the entire day and and really you know tore apart at the fabric of afraid u.s democracy so what happened when we there's people who got there uh the police clearly weren't ready at one point they actually just opened the gates so there wouldn't be conflict um then people went inside the um on the floor the um of congress had sort of withdrawn just to be safe People broke in. And how far did people get? Because it seems to me to be a bit of a surprise to think that, hey, you know, Reggie, let's just go for a walk. We can get right onto the floor. 
Yeah. And you know what? Look, there are people who are, are, are on the fringe right uh, of media saying that, oh, some people just thought that the Capitol was open and they were going there for a tour. Nonsense. The Capitol's been closed for a year because of COVID concerns. These people came here with intent. How far did they get in? They crossed through Statuary Hall. They crossed into uh, rep- uh, 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 senators' offices and lawmakers' offices and took pictures of themselves at people's desks. They walked into the Senate chamber. They walked into the House chamber. They walked up to the dais and took pictures of themselves standing uh, at, at the speaker's podium. I mean, this is this this is you know one of the most, if not you know the most uh, secure building in the United States, given that it is the heart of U.S. government. And at one point, there was a Senate aide who had to rush back into the House to clear away those mahogany boxes because they hold the certified electoral college votes. If those had been damaged in any uh, of the chaos that was going on. This could have also uh, induced a, a secondary crisis. I mean, this this went further than anybody expected it to ever have gone and has now raised questions as to why police simply weren't prepared. So here we are tonight. Um, as last reports that we've looked at here, we have that Congress had restarted, that there was the assertion that whatever it takes tonight, let's get this done. Um, is that what the plan, as best you know it, uh, is to do? That's what the plan has been for the last several hours. The problem is, even after all of the vitriol that was put forth by President Trump and those around President Trump to, to you know, continuously pour gasoline on this, this fire that has been ongoing since the election, there are still Republicans in Congress who intend to stand up and object to the state certification, believing that there's been some kind of fraud that nobody's been able to prove in court, that nobody's been able to find at state election boards, that nobody's been able to find in President Trump's own intelligence communities. There are Republican lawmakers who are putting the president over the Constitution, and they are going to stand up and they are going to object. That said, it is mostly in the House. There are Republican senators who were intending to object, like Kelly Loeffler, who just lost her primary, uh, lost her, uh, her runoff race in Georgia, not going to object anymore. Uh, so we're clearly seeing that there is uh, not only a bitter divide inside the Senate, there is a bitter divide inside the Republican Party right now. And it's anyone's guess where that divide goes once President Trump is out in less than two weeks. 25th Amendment has also come up on the docket. Um, any word on what that is for anybody who is not familiar, because I think most people are not familiar, that is a president who is unfit for duty. Yeah, look, if the vice president deems the president to be unfit for office and they have uh, kind of a majority on their side from the cabinet or a majority on their side from Congress, uh, it is immediate. The president loses their, uh, their, their, their kind of position uh, and the vice president assumes that role on an acting basis. There are whispers amongst the whisperers in Washington that say that there is some uh, kind of chatter amongst the cabinet. Maybe this could happen. There is some whisper amongst, uh, amongst Congress that maybe they'd be willing to work uh, with Mike Pence to put Mike Pence in the presidency because there are aides to the president uh, who are using curse language to, to say uh, their opinions on, on what President Trump has done to not only the electoral process, but just simply uh, the country at this point. And if that doesn't go forward, 25th Amendment, um, there is conversations happening within the Democrats to reopen an impeachment trial, which would be incredibly rushed, but to try and convict President Trump uh, of crimes again, which would be a second impeachment. But it goes to show that there is legitimate anger and fear and frustration amongst the people who are tasked with leading this country. 
Mike Pence has been really thrown under the bus the last couple of days. Trump has been pre-rolling the, well, we're going to be fine if Mike Pence does what he's supposed to do, leaving him to be the sort of last, the fall guy for, for all of this. Trump didn't fail, yet Mike Pence didn't do what he should have done. Does that lead into that, or is there any conversation about that today? Because that angle, I haven't seen a ton of it, even though it seemed really obvious over the last couple of days. I mean, look, just to put it out there, Mike Pence has no constitutional powers whatsoever. Whatever the president was thinking in this fantasy land that he's been living in for the last several months is not real. But Mike Pence cannot overturn the results of any election any more than President Trump can just go and overturn uh, the results of the election. Um, but 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 outside of that, there are now serious calls uh, across this country and within Washington for President Trump to take some kind of accountability for what happened today. Because at the end of the day, the reason these people stormed Congress uh, is simply because President Trump has fed them a, a stream of lies for the last eight weeks, 12 weeks, four years that they have lapped up and taken as a reality. And it has become dangerous. Reggie Cicchini in Washington, D.C. Hopefully the day is done and you get to take a little rest and um, and also hope we don't need to talk to you tomorrow other than a friendly hello. So um, I wish you a good day and say thank you, Reggie, for standing in that and translating it for us. The workday is just another five hours away. And isn't that the case, man? It is coming quick. Um, a brand new day is on the horizon. 877-399-9898. Now, here's my intention for this show. Uh, the text messages are pouring in, trying to get to all of them. Um, it, it's it's. Um, I'm going to hold it accountable as best I can to the facts. And one of the things that I'm seeing already inside the text messages is collapsing 4,000 different things together. And so I'm going to clarify that. For example, Grant and Penticton says, why do you guys find another country following their constitution so distasteful? Okay, well, Grant, the constitution says they have a right to protest, but this wasn't a protest. It was trespassing. They broke into a building and they um, vandalized it, looted it, and threatened people. So that's not in any constitution. So they have every right to protest, no problem. But this isn't about a protest anymore. It's about breaking into a government building, which they did. They literally broke the windows to get in. So, no, I don't find that to be accurate. 877-399-9898. I have one thought, and it begins with the question, beg the question, main thought, to be humble in victory is displaying what one can control in one's character. Question, what is the duty of leadership? Well, I'll give you a little tip on leadership. A leader, a true leader just leads. They just lead and people collect behind them. A leader, a true leader doesn't actually need a follower, right? A leader just goes. And somebody who is insecure only leads because they can have a follower. That's the difference between true leadership, just so you know. 877-399-9898. In Winnipeg, we have Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Hello. I have a Christmas wish. It's Ukrainian Christmas today in Winnipeg and around the world. Didn't catch that today with all the busy. So what I want is for Santa to bring me a really big present, go to the States, get those lawmakers together, have their meeting and finish the certification. But as soon as they finish certifying that vote, turn around and get rid of Trump, put Pence in temporarily. That way, Trump cannot use his presidential pardon 
and charges might actually be laid and maybe get rid of all the nonsense. How's that? That sounds like about seven wishes, actually. Oh, no, just one Christmas present. (laughs) I want the representatives to represent the people they were voted in by. And Paul, thank you for your sharing your thoughts and, and Merry Christmas uh, to you for the Ukrainian Christmas. I, um, I, I will, I will tell you this, that they are voting. They are going through this and they're going through it very quickly tonight. So that will appease that part of your question. Thanks for calling. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 877-399-9898 in Richmond Hill. It's Ian. Hey, Shane. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Ian. Thank you. <clears throat> I think the scariest thing about this is I've been saying since around November the 6th when he lost the election and it was becoming clear uh, that he was going to go out uh, because the bank was going to repossess his house or his car and he's going to burn it down first. If I can't have it, no one can have it. And it's becoming evident. And you know what? The sad thing is he's got 13 more days. If Congress doesn't take him out now, he's got 13 more days to create havoc. And unfortunately, this guy still carries around the football with the red button. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's been tossed around a little bit. Um, and it's true. It is true um, how much havoc can be, can be, um, can be created. Um, I'm he's cautious with that one. Go, he's not going to go softly. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, four people lost their lives tonight. For what? And there's yeah. one cop or law enforcement officer out there that took another life and has to live with that for the rest of their lives because yeah. that woman well, broke and everybody, into Congress. Everybody who witnessed it as well. I mean, they've got to live you know? with it too. Yeah. And I hear you. I guess, Ian, here's what I'm saying. In, in, the spirit of, um, in the spirit of conversation, though, here's what I say. I mean, I, the, the, the football and the button... I get it. You are absolutely accurate with that. And I think that there's no disputing that. I mean, it is concerning of the, the what could happen next. Um, the only thing I would say is that Trump's a capitalist. And the one thing he will not compromise is his earning of money. And if he yes. does something like that, um, he will not compromise earning money. So that's why I take comfort in that piece. Because if that were to happen, that means the hotels and golf courses become not a priority. And that's where he likes to make money. <laughs> Good Good point, Shane. Very good. All right, point. man. Well, thanks for calling in. You have a fantastic a morning. Very happy New Year to you and your crew. Thanks, brother. Take care. Thank you for all the texts and calls. This one comes in. It just says, never understood mob mentality. Mr. Trump appears to have a lot of influence on people. What I saw was something you would see on Hollywood movies. And I think that that's, that's a good text. It's, it's one of those ones that if that's what you see, you've got to share it. You know why? Because that's what's getting created, right? This is a culture that's recreating movies. And they're turning it into real life. So what the cart and the horse here, what's happening? This is where responsibility comes in. Thank you for the text. Mike from Kamloops. It's a new low. It is a new low, Mike. But when I read that, Mike, uh, you inspired me to think of, you know what else is a new low? The fact that that is supposed to be one of the biggest, most important political buildings in America. And people walked into it today while all the important people were there. I mean, that did happen, right? So there is responsibility to be had all over the place here right? Like the, the, the preparedness you can see down that street, Pennsylvania Avenue and the, the, the mall and the, the pretty, I rode that in on a scooter. So like, that's fast, right? That's like 30 K. It was like 10 minutes or more. They say, according to Google maps, it's like a 35 minute walk, 40,000 people walking for more than half an hour. That's like a bad country song, man. You could watch your dog run away for three days. 
like there was no surprise to this and the preparedness level was zero. So there is accountability to be had by everybody. It doesn't excuse the behavior, but it does speak to accountability. 877-399-9898. Let's go to Nate, who is in Cleveland. Hey, Nate. Shane, I'm, I'm sorry that you have to talk about this today. I'm, I'm just absolutely embarrassed to be an American tonight. It's hard to watch, Nate. I, it, it's, I just don't understand how people can get so caught up in, you know, my guy versus your guy that we can do something this bloody stupid. Americans are better than that. I mean, you've seen us at our worst, say 9-11, and you can see how we rise from that. But this really is America at its worst. And I am just so sorry, Canada. We really should just be having... Shane talking about how Maddie sucks at guitar. <laughs> I would never like say that. that. Uh, thanks very yeah. much for the call, Nate. I appreciate that and uh, the accountability there. Um, I don't know if it's just all your burden, but thank you, sir, for that. This is the Shift Podcast. Threatening the safety of duly elected officials. It's not protest. It's insurrection. The world's watching. The world is watching. The world has been watching, and officially, uh, Joe Biden has been elected as the uh, next president of the United States. Congress did what it started out to do and finished it tonight. They just did. They announced it. And not only that, there was a press release from Donald Trump um, with a little bit of a summary. Ryan, do you have that close by, by, by chance? Okay, so following the affirmation of Biden's uh, victory, President Trump said the decision represents the end of the greatest first term in presidential history. Quote, even though I totally disagree with the outcome of the election and the facts bear me out, nevertheless, there will be an orderly transition on January 20th. There it is. Who had that conversation, do you think? Well, I mean, a lot of people quit his office today. So, I mean, I, I this seems like the conversation he had with Ivanka or his some family members, definitely not Don Jr., but somebody who close to him said, look, you have to do this. And he listened. So, wow. yeah, I don't know. It's tough, eh? 877-399-9898. Text comes in and says, I just woke up. What did I miss, Shifters? Washington, D.C., holy macaroni. Okay, well, here, let us help you with that. Uh, for everybody who is, because there are people who are just finding this out, some of the information that are starting their day, uh, because people get up early and go to bed early, and wow. So here is the timeline of what has happened in American politics that's going to be marked in the history books through the course of what was January 6th, 2021. Before Donald Trump took to the stage at a rally in the National Mall in Washington, D.C., Lawyer Rudy Giuliani and his son, Donald Trump Jr., made some statements when they were on stage. The ballots that are fraudulent, and if we're wrong, we will be made fools of. But if we're right, a lot of them will go to jail. So, let's have trial by combat. So, just to be clear, Rudy... Uh, you're already a fool. You've made a fool of yourself. And it started long before you held a press conference at Four Seasons Landscaping. Donald Trump Jr. also was on stage sharing things too. This gathering should send a message to them. This isn't 
their Republican Party anymore. This is Donald Trump's Republican Party. For all political people, that would be a very scary statement. That's for sure. Uh, Just by the way, um, you're out. This is Trump's party now. My goodness. All right. So later in the morning on Wednesday, U.S. President Donald Trump was on stage. He urged his supporters to take action in what he called his Save America speech. Hundreds of thousands of American patriots are committed to the honesty of our elections and the integrity of our glorious republic. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. That's what they've done and what they're doing. We we will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. You could take third world countries. Just take a look. Take third world countries. Their elections are more honest than what we've been going through in this country. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. And I hope Mike is going to do the right thing. I hope so. I hope so. Because if Mike Pence does the right thing, we win the election. All Vice President Pence has to do is send it back to the states to recertify. And we become president and you are the happiest people. All right. Well, soon after that, he suggested that we should walk down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol building, which Donald Trump, as everybody started making their way, he uh, skirted out stage left, had himself a cheeseburger and watched the rest on TV. Uh, He didn't go for a walk. Not much of a big surprise there. He does have a hard time drinking with both uh, with uh, one hand. Soon after that, a mob of hooligans walked 35 minutes ish, according to Google Maps, down to the Capitol building. It's a big, long walk, like a really long walk. But they did it. They got there. And just as Congress was set to begin the process or continue the process of certifying Joe Biden's election, they walked in through the steps, breaking down doors, forcing their way into the Capitol building. This is CNN's Wolf Blitzer as he watched it happen. This is a looking at inside door. Look at this. These protesters are inside Statuary Hall right now. You see the statues. This is a, a moment I never saw in my life. These individuals just rushed through security. They are inside Statuary Hall. This is a legendary, a legendary place uh, where all of us uh, who've covered Capitol Hill, it's hard to believe what we're seeing right there. They're just walking through. Where are Capitol Police? Uh, it, it's it's a strange, it's an awful situation. They're having a good time in Statuary Hall. Because he's particularly talented at eating his cheeseburger with one hand and then thumb typing with the other hand, Donald Trump started tweeting. And um, this whole storyline um, includes him saying this on his Twitter account. I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and order. Our great men and women in blue. Thank you. That was good. It seemed to be not enough because people were busy smashing windows, not reading their Twitter feeds. So um, he then posted another tweet. It was a little bit more forceful about being kind and respectful and doing those things. He did. And then he posted a video. A couple of his tweets got taken down for false claims, but he did post this video starting out with claiming, by the way, I won the election, but eventually he did do this and it seemed to help. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. 
There's never been a time like this where but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. Now, that was kind of when everything started to ease up a little bit. The response to this is a 6 p.m. curfew in Washington with the police chief, Robert Conti. As you heard from the mayor, a 6 p.m. curfew has been put in place tonight and will be in effect until 6 a.m. tomorrow, January 7th. We are advising everyone, everyone that is not engaged in essential activity to get off the streets and adhere to the curfew. If you are found to be in violation of the curfew, police will be required to take action. Again, I want to reiterate and make it clear, please abide by the curfew that the mayor has set in place or people will be subject to arrest. Now, of course, President-elect Biden, who's watching this unfold, had a couple of things that he wanted to say as well. For nearly two and a half centuries, we, the people, in search of a more perfect union, have kept our eyes on that common good. America is so much better than what we've seen today. Watching the scenes from the Capitol, I was reminded as I prepared other speeches in the past, I was reminded of the words of Abraham Lincoln in his annual message to Congress, whose work has today been interrupted by chaos. All right, so 4 o'clock Eastern, protesters have been cleared, for the most part, out of the Capitol building. It didn't really happen until late, 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 like after midnight, where the whole Capitol building was certified as clear. They had just protected out the parts they needed to and worked their way. It's a huge place, by the way. Forty to 50,000 people were there. That's what they figure. So the work to clean up the building also began. So the recertification process, which just finished to certify Biden's win, could continue. Uh, Countless politicians denounced the actions by rioters and President Trump, George W. Bush, President Clinton, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, and more, all calling for an end to the violence. Around 6 p.m. Eastern time, Congress returned to do their job. Quite remarkable. Now, saying let's get back to work, Vice President Mike Pence began a reconvened session of Congress to certify Joe Biden's college victory. To those who wreaked havoc in our capital today, you did not win. Violence never wins. Freedom wins. And this is still the people's house. And as we reconvene in this chamber, the world will again witness the resilience and strength of our democracy. That guy didn't flinch all day. That guy showed remarkable leadership from what we saw on TV today. Maybe behind the scenes he was freaking out. I don't know. But the reality is is he did not waver. This is a man who's losing his job. And he stood in that and he led his way through it. It was remarkable to see. That part was remarkable. A small group of U.S. House lawmakers came close to physically fighting early this morning as the uh, congressional count of electoral votes stretched into the wee hours. Representative Connor Lamb, a Pennsylvania Democrat, charged that Republicans had been telling lies about his state's votes. 
We know that that attack today, it didn't materialize out of nowhere. It was inspired by lies, the same lies that you're hearing in this room tonight. Some people, I guess, not ready to let it go. A few minutes later, Republicans and Democrats streamed into the middle aisle with a round of a dozen lawmakers getting close to each other and arguing. But Pelosi quickly called for order. Just a few minutes ago, we heard officially that it was certified by the U.S. Senate. Uh, Following the affirmation of Biden's Electoral College victory, President Trump said the decision represents the end of the greatest term in presidential history, which I think you're not allowed to do that. That's like giving yourself a nickname, right? I, I don't think you're really allowed to do that. You're not allowed to give yourself a nickname. I don't think you're allowed to decide for yourself that number 45 was the best of all time. Even though I totally disagree with the outcome of the election and the facts bear me out, uh, nevertheless, there will be an orderly transition on January 20th, Trump said in a statement. So what happened out of all this? The impact on so many people's lives changed forever, aside from the fact that from a distance, we will probably never forget these pieces. We probably won't. The reality is this, though. Police say four people died today. Four people died in the mob. As these Trump supporters, and they were Trump supporters carrying flags and whatnot, occupy the Capitol, one woman was shot by U.S. Capitol Police. She was a war veteran. And as the mob tried to break through a barricaded door, that's when she got shot. Three other people died in medical emergencies. Unsure specifically what those were, there were some reports that said one person fell from scaffolding. It looked like there was a lady that might be having a heart attack. Things like that. Four people died today. All of this at the Capitol building. Here's the clip. Approximately 2.46 p.m., protesters breached fencing along the Capitol grounds and confronted police lines surrounding the building. Multiple individuals forced entry into the Capitol building and attempted to gain access to the House and attempted to gain access to the House room, which was still in session. They were confronted by plainclothes U.S. Capitol police officers, at which time, One Capitol Police officer discharged their service weapon, striking an adult female. She was transported to a local hospital where, after all life-saving efforts fail, she was pronounced deceased. All right. Now, your text message is 877-399-9898. For anybody who didn't catch it, that is what happened through the day today. Uh, to your text messages, oh, please, oh, please, play the, please say the greatest term in U.S. history line in your Donald Trump voice. <laughs> All right, um, I got to find the line here. Where was the line? Uh, following the affirmation of Biden's Electoral College victory, President Trump said the decision, it represents the end of the greatest term in presidential Bigly history. I feel better. I hope that works for you. <laughs> um, Biden got certified? Question mark. Texter says, "Oh no, this chaos is just prologue." I don't. I don't really know. I mean, now that Trump has said he hasn't conceded, but he said there will be a um, a transition of power. I don't know. There was an earlier text that asked about um, protests scheduled to come up tomorrow well today uh was it was yesterday when that came up and i haven't heard really boo about that but that being said it wouldn't surprise me if today january 7th there are protests all over the place 
he has said there will be peaceful transition of power. The damage that has been done on the confidence of government in general, we see that here in Canada too, right? Like it's going to be, it's going to be a big deal. So now that Donald Trump has conceded his presidency, Texter says uh, that he'll be giving up presidency. Does this mean uh, no new episodes of our cartoon president? I would imagine probably no new episodes. Who knows? And um, I don't think he's actually conceded. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to concede that. He's going to use this and milk this and make money off this. The question that came in about books was interesting. Trump could probably make a living writing ghost books, uh, writing books, ghost written, and giving speeches across the world to all of his loyalists. I would agree. He probably will do that. It's quite possible that that's going to be a thing. Shane, Donald Trump walks on water. Do you think he will write a book? Some might call it One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Tweet, tweet, James in Vancouver. You know whose book I want to read? I want to read Mike Pence's book. That's whose book I really? want to read. Well, because I'm curious if he would write a book uh, from the perspective of watching all this unfold. It's an interesting topic. I did, uh, I read John Bolton's book, The the Room Where It Happens. Oh, was it good? And that was... Uh, it was pretty good. It was very interesting perspective and it was very weird to, to read about these events that, you know, especially like the North Korea summit. And, uh, there's a part that really sticks out in my mind where he says the first thing Kim Jong-un said to Donald Trump was, what do you think of me? And uh, John Bolton said in that moment, I knew that Trump had lost this meeting because he couldn't say anything bad about Kim Jong. And so it was really interesting insight into Trump, uh, as the whole government though, and not really, but I Pence's book being even closer to Trump than Bolton was, that would be interesting. I think so. I think that as Mike Pence, from what I've understood in the writings about Mike Pence, is a staunch conservative who lives in, I would say, stereotypical conservatism uh, in his faith and his belief systems and everything else. And for him to be a conservative, because there was a lot of speculation he was added to the ticket to bring in all of those, you know, sort of true conservatives. And I would be curious to see his perspective of all of this, you know, the pan off the porn stars and everything else. You know whose book nobody is going to be reading? Omarosa's. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So you forgot about that book, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I forgot about that book. I really book. did. <laughs> the book and the lady. I think Omarosa also forgot about the book. Um, but yeah, Mike Pence. I would be curious to see what a Mike Pence book uh, sounds like. That would be um, that would be interesting. Mark says, if Donald wrote a book, it would be in crayon. <laughs> um, backwards ease. <laughs> um, Phil says, just so you're aware, this is this is the lady who was shot breaking into the Capitol. Oh, to my story, yeah, she was uh, the lady who was she was breaking into the Capitol. She was trespassing the Capitol. When I describe that she is a war vet and all those things, um, I. The perspective I take is I don't have any sympathy for somebody breaking into the Capitol. Nobody should have to die that way. And uh, it's really sad that that's the purpose. After being a war vet, that's the purpose that ended it. So I have sympathy for that. But for people being you know, held accountable for breaking into government property like that, what like, I mean, people have a right. People have a right to protest. They don't have a right to break into government buildings, right? People have a right to protest. You don't have a right to smash the buildings and steal the podium. There's a photo of a guy stealing the podium, walking out, waving at the camera, smiling at his face. And someone said, Sex said, there was no looting. There was tons of looting. Tons of looting. 
So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Now, the curious part for me is all of these fringe groups that have been fighting in the background, causing protests and unrest in general, who's going to get identified from that? Because they're starting to use facial recognition stuff and looking at people from other protests and other causes, and they're starting to put all the pieces together. Um, that would be, uh, that would be interesting to see who's going to get named out in this as causing it truly, truly causing it wasn't very well organized. There's no denying that, but there was 40 to 45,000 people there. That also doesn't just happen by accident. You don't read that in the the bathroom of the truck stop saying, Hey, by the way, we're going to have a rally. It's going to be Wednesday at noon. That is the timeline of all the things that happened today. There's 13 more days until the transition of power officially happens. Do you think Donald Trump shows up for that? Or do you think it's just Mike Pence standing there? Mm, I don't think Trump's showing up. You don't think so? You think he's I don't just... think he is. Pe- do you think Pence, that he... W- Pence will be there, but Trump will not. Do you think Trump, because th- there's that Trump helicopter, right? And the Trump airplane. Do you think that Trump flies out of the White House in a Trump helicopter or in a Marine helicopter? Uh, a Marine one, because he has that for life. He's never, Trump, for example, is never allowed to drive a car again for the rest of his life on a public road. Do you think so he really has a driver's he, license? Uh, that's also a good question. But think about that. I would imagine, unless he denies it, he, he'll he be out on whatever they call the helicopter. Uh, Marine One. And then after that, you know, they'll, oh yeah, Marine One. Then he'll have a T-shaped jet that he flies around America, you know, dropping leaflets around. That's what I imagine. <laughs> dropping leaflets. <laughs> Apparently it's now a Simpsons episode. Oh my exactly. God. Exactly. It's the Shift Podcast. Are you okay with what Twitter and Facebook did to Donald Trump? Now, if you don't know what happened, they shut him down. So let's ask the question one more time. Are you okay with what Twitter and Facebook did to Donald Trump? Maddie? Uh, hi, everybody. This is the first time I've uh, talked to <laughs> Matt's all- been so busy. <laughs> all, all night. Um, yeah, if you didn't get through and if you're trying to get through, just keep in mind that you're t- you're listening to the guy who answers the phones. So yep. I'm only one guy. I only have well, two- and 12, I'll tell everybody, there's 12 phone lines. Plus, he has to keep us on the air. So <laughs> there's a lot of phones. Yeah. The, the way that we usually do things... Um, in, in an event like this, we usually have a lot more manpower or woman power, whatever. A lot more hands on deck. So we're trying our best here. It's good. Anyway, um, thank you for your hard work, Maddie. I appreciate it. Are you okay with Twitter and Facebook shutting down Donald Trump? Right? Uh, yes, <laughs> very much so. Today, there have been many times, I'll admit, where I wish that the president's Twitter account would get a little no, no. Um, Today was a prime example of the power that uh, he has over the people that love him unconditionally. And um, it was almost like the damage was done. Uh, 12 hours, a ban. I mean, we're already, I think, about six hours into that ban now. The question of what happens after, does he change what he say? What kind of video does he put out? I'm interested to see. But for now, after today, I am very okay with silence on that Twitter account. Yeah, there's a lot of silence that's been encouraging. So here's what happened. Twitter locked the U.S. President Donald Trump's account. 
after he tweeted a bunch of stuff to prevent him from tweeting. And uh, they are threatening permanent suspension. Reporter Alex Stone has the details on what happened. After blocking a video and a subsequent tweet posted by President Trump in which he continued to make unfounded and false claims about winning the election, Twitter has now locked Trump's account for 12 hours. Twitter saying if the tweets are not deleted by the president, then the account will remain locked and that future violations of Twitter rules will result in permanent suspension of President Trump's Twitter account. So... Some of your text messages that have come about this are are interesting to me. First of all, I want to acknowledge Grant in Penticton. Uh, Grant says, are you okay? No, I am not. And thank you, Grant, for um, saying that, because I think you give everyone else a bunch of space to also not be okay today with all of this. Um, Random texter, signed random texter even. uh, It was the right time to shut down Trump's Twitter account. He was inciting violence in a passive-aggressive way. Uh, The guy has a lot of power, a lot of responsibility. Another text says, no, whatever happened to freedom of speech? Okay, freedom of speech. I agree with you. Anybody has the right to say what they want to say. Here's the thing. If you were to walk into a grocery store and start sharing anything that you wanted to share that wasn't hate speech, that you were allowed to share through freedom of speech, you see the grocery store is still allowed to kick you out because it's theirs right? Like you can't go onto private property and just speak freely. In every municipality in Canada that I'm aware of, if there is vandalism like spray paint tagging, you it is the responsibility of those businesses to take down those tags. You're not allowed to have that, that spray paint. As well, if somebody puts up nasty messages on your building. It's your responsibility to take it down. It's your building. So to the point of no, whatever happened to freedom of speech is he's allowed to have freedom of speech. Twitter is a free service provided by Twitter. It's Twitter's house. That is a for-profit business, a for-profit business. It is not a public service to Donald Trump. It is not a government service. It is not a public service. It is a for-profit enterprise. And they have every right to decline service to anybody. They do. Just like if you go online and you're able to, you want to buy a pair of flip-flops and you, they say, no, we're not going to, they give you your money back. They say, we're not going to ship to you. They have every right to not do business with you today. So free speech is one thing. Free speech on someone else's back is another. And Twitter has every right to shut them down. Now, here's the thing. This is where the hypocrisy begins, is what about the responsibility of Twitter for the things they didn't shut down? Now, frankly, if you wanted to argue about this, you could say, what about all the people out there that are spreading hateful things, conspiracy theories and whatever, on Twitter that aren't being focused on like this guy is. While he has 88 million followers, clearly you go where the biggest fish is. But still, I would say that in the balance of censorship and filtering, there needs to be a responsibility of all these people, of all these organizations. And it's not a free service. There was text messages that we got earlier that we didn't get a chance um, to you or to share with you about things like, these political uh, news networks in the States 
sharing this and sharing that Fox News and CNN. Who cares? CNN is a for-profit enterprise, not a public service that has no responsibility to anybody except their shareholders. So they are allowed to go share whatever the hell they want. They're a goal, they are allowed to go on there and be the biggest Joe Biden fan if they want to be. Fox News did it. They're for profit. They basically found a hole in the marketplace and said, we're going to create a conservative news network. They weren't shy about it. That's the one thing that's cool about Fox. Fox has never been secretive about it. Although now Fox has gone and they've completely withdrawn from the president and they've leaned right into the Republican Party, but not into the, the Trump's Republican Party, right? It is incredibly short-sighted of us to think that these rioters that went in, these mobs of people that went into the Capitol building in the States today was only Republicans. It wasn't. These were extreme people from extreme organizations with conspiracy theories to do all kinds of stuff. So whatever happened to freedom of speech? Well, if somebody walked into your house and they started talking about whatever, it's your house. You're allowed to ask them to leave. You're not infringing on their freedom of speech. It's your house. 877-399-9898. Selective shutdowns? Yeah, absolutely. There, I think there have been selective shutdowns in this. Are there politics at play in this? Absolutely. I'm not excusing anybody, right? So... If they're going to censor POTUS or any other content, that's fine, but then they shouldn't have the liability protection for their content. I don't know what that means. I think every business has liability protection. I, I mean, I literally take liability protection as being a liability protection. So, 877-399-9898. Let's go to Eric. So, hi to Eric, who is uh, in, are you in LA, Eric? Yes, I am in L.A. How are you listening to us on the website or on an app? I'm listening on the web player. Awesome. What brings you to the shift tonight? Well, thank you very much. Uh, this is my first time calling, and um, i got to say that for someone who um, gave this guy a couple of votes, you know, he had four years to behave himself. He had four years to get along with people. And we're all sick of them down here. And um, basically, I called in response to all of the things with regard to Donald Trump. We want him gone, completely gone. I mean, uh, I know he's probably going to run in 2024, but we can stand for years. We can rent Joe Biden because the way that uh, Donald Trump has conducted himself is shameful. I mean, it's reprehensible. It's not even American. So Twitter and Facebook have the right to go ahead and shut him down. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's their property. Um, yeah, it is so their property. And once you are on their property, you have to conform to the rules of what they tell you or they boot you off. Well, they call it a terms of use, right? So, Eric, let me uh, let me clarify a couple of things that you said here because I um, – I think that you speak to this in your familiarity and I just want to be clear. So are you, would you naturally be a Republican voter who voted for Trump, but now you're still a Republican, just not a Trumpy? I am a Republican voter, 
But because of the way that the ballot is uh, run down here, you can either ro- uh, vote for any two of the uh, people that you want, or you could go ahead and vote for somebody that is different from you, and that person can still uh, get votes. For example, if you vote for somebody that's independent, or if you vote for somebody that is, say, in a libertarian party, uh, that top vote-getter can still get votes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so now are you finding inside, I'm assuming that you've got friends that are Democrats and friends that are Republicans, are you finding inside your Republican friends a very familiar pushback of into the Republican Party versus the Trump? I call it the Trump Party. (laughs) Yes, because, you know, people are just, you know, sick and tired of it. I mean, most of the Republicans down here are pretty much going for Trump, but then there are some that are, you know, they're factions. They're basically saying, no, we've had enough of it. You know, you need to watch your language. You know, we, we need to have somebody else. How does your party as a Republican voter recover from this? Basically, it's going to be a matter of um, healing. And, you know, we're still going to be divided down here. I mean, we still have to have... Um, we still have to have relations with Trudeau up there in Canada. And in other words, everybody's got to be able to get along. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And with, with, with all this fighting that's going on right now, um, I don't see it happening for another two, three years. Yeah. Well, it seems like the party itself is sabotaging itself all over the place. Yeah, they're sabotaging it all right. I mean, it's making it very, very bad for everybody else. I mean, it's it's pretty much split down the middle. I mean, it, it's factional. It's not even what we were supposed to have in the 1980s and 1990s. We, we were together in the 1980s and 1990s. Now, it's mm-hmm. like completely fallen apart. Yeah, well, your party also had some pretty great leaders back then, too. So, I mean, that seems to be missing as well. You know what? I, uh, it's, you know, leadership is missing in all parties, in all places, in all countries, because we miss it in Canada, too, right now, in a lot of ways, too. Thank you very much, Eric, for the, uh, the candor and uh, the sharing. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.